Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Second Act Actors. I'm your host, Dr. Janet McMorty, and I'm still a medical doctor, simultaneously trying to pursue a career in acting. I'm back from Lake Placid, ladies and gentlemen. I was in Lake Placid for the last three weeks as Team Canada's Chief Medical Officer, with our delegation going to the Winter World University Games. This is the second largest multi-sport international winter games next to the Winter Olympics, and it's all university-aged athletes, so student-athletes. We had a delegation of 167 Canadian athletes and mission staff, and oh baby, did we have an amazing time. We were very successful at these games as well, too. We won a lot of medals, including six gold, including gold in our men's and women's hockey. Both teams were undefeated in the tournament, and men's hockey beat the United States in the gold medal game. So sorry to my American compatriots, but there's just something about beating the United States in hockey that just feels so damn good. Anyways, it was a fabulous three weeks. I am in day two of what I'm deeming my re-entry process. So I think after you do big games like this, I've done several, where you're living in an athlete's village, you're living in this bubble, the word bubble we've been using in major games since before COVID was a bubbly thing. So you're living in this bubble, you're away from the world, the drama is just games drama, the fun and excitement and news is all just fun and excitement news about the games. You don't really know what's going on in the rest of the world. You forget you have bills to pay. You forget uh, how to do your laundry because someone's doing it for you. Meal hall, everyone's cooking for you. So then you get thrust back into the real world. And I'm calling it the re-entry process, kind of like the space shuttle, re-entering Earth's atmosphere. Or like, step. you've been in a cave for a while and you're stepping, blinking out into the sun. And so I think it takes one day per week of being away to get back into the swing of things. So it'll take three days for me to do my re-entry process. And I should say, it's not just me who's dealing with this, right? It's the people who are, who stayed outside of the bubble, who didn't go to the games, you know, my spouse, my friends, who now I'm back in their life and they just gotten used to me being away and gotten into their own little routine. So we all have to go through this re-entry process. Day two, I'm finding is a bit of depression and wishing I was back there. Hence why, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm still wearing my Team Canada uniform. <laughs> I don't want to take it off. I definitely don't look as cool in this toque as our hockey players made it look. And also wearing a toque is really difficult to do with headphones on. I'm realizing how silly this is. <laughs> Anyways, I'm thrilled to be back. I hope you enjoyed the three episodes that I released while I was away. They were epic. And I'm so excited for this episode this week. My guest this week is Kato Cornell. Kato and I met through Ritter Talent Agency. We have the same agent. And she had a job in, she had a corporate career, corporate career, and then quit that to pursue full-time acting. Her story is incredible, but one thing that really struck me in our conversation is she talks about being more of an introvert, being more shy, and how when she was first starting, you know, she kind of had heard or felt like, ooh, it's tough to be an actor if you're naturally an introvert or naturally quite shy. And she found that her temperament, being, again, introverted and shy, is actually hugely beneficial to her work as an actor and her creativity and just her life in general. Please enjoy the lovely, incredibly inspiring Cato Cornell. So 
I recorded some of the first ones that obviously have now aired back in December, January, like peak pandemic time. And also I can tell how nervous I was because I just like I talk over people and then they talk over me and it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing. Like I don't, yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping I'm improving as time goes on, but man, what a learning experience. Totally. It's amazing. You're putting yourself out there in a new way. <laughs> and honestly, I think and you kind of hope it's helpful for some people, but I also said to my last guest who I recorded earlier this morning, she's like, what are you hoping to get from this? I'm like, oh, I don't know. If anyone listens to it, that's great. But this is truly for me. I was in the pandemic bored and needing to do something. (laughs) This has been fun. (laughs) It is helpful though, because listening to it as somebody on the outside, I'm like, I feel like I'm not alone. And yeah, there's so much to gain from listening to other people who are going through the same thing. Everyone truly does have a story as kind of a cliche Disney Mm -hmm. movie. Everyone's got a story to tell, but truly they do, right? And everyone's got interesting advice and interesting experiences that, you know, I know at least one person in this world is going to find helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, tell me your story. How did you get into acting? So... Okay, I'm not the most prepared. I didn't write it all down, but I was like, okay, it's a podcast. I just want to kind of feel it out. And listening to your last um, episode with Carrie Kwong, I was like, oh my gosh, so much of this is resonating because it's so far hard for me to be like, I am an actor. I am doing this. And I think since I was a kid, I've always been a performer. I was in the arts really young. Um with stage productions and that kind of thing. And I really put it aside. I didn't think it was a very practical career choice. So I was more on the straight and narrow. Okay. Got to pay the bills, got to um, earn a living in a more traditional kind of way. So the last 10 years I was working mostly in insurance, um, group benefits, group pensions, mostly sales roles. And then the latest role I had was business development for a pharmacy. And I resigned from that in November. So pursuing acting completely full on head on for the last four months. And it's been very, very scary (laughs) and crazy, but a lot of fun and a lot of learning. Wow. Yeah. What made you do that switch? Because, oh, what a 180, hey? Yeah. And yeah. it wasn't like I was so prepared. I I knew it was going to c- come. And I'm like, I know when the timing's right, it's going to be right. But for me, especially in the pandemic, everything switched to Zoom. I was so grateful that I just had a job and I didn't have to struggle. And now... I only went through one lockdown of not being employed and I'm like, wow, these actors who have kind of grinded it out this whole time and people who have lost their work, that's been, that's been tough. And I didn't experience any of those struggles because I was getting the paycheck, but I wasn't really getting any joy out of the work anymore. And I almost felt like I had to be acting to get through my days. I, it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't very fulfilling anymore. And I think the things that I enjoyed about sales 
most of it was being around people, being in person, learning about people. Um, a lot of that was sort of taken away when it came to the pandemic. And I think a lot of that is also what I bring to acting is I enjoy maybe too much the sales process and now auditioning that feels kind of like a sales call, <laughs> but with way more rejection and less of a feedback loop. <laughs> um, so it wasn't really like a perfectly timed thing. I just, I, I told myself like when the timing's right, it's right. And it became pretty hard to balance having a corporate role and having very scheduled meetings and needing to be there for customers with auditioning and what happens if I get a call back tomorrow? That's got to take priority. So I really found it tricky to balance those two. Um, but I mean, now I'm a couple months in and I think my mindset's a little bit different than it was a couple months ago. I thought being an artist was like associated with struggling and maybe there's a way I can find a middle ground because I'm working at a restaurant right now. I don't, I don't love it. I'm not going to lie, but it, it is freeing up my daytime, but I would probably rather do something in the field that I've studied for the last 10 years that can also sustain being an actor because we all have to pay the bills. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Were you always doing some sort of acting kind of interwoven throughout your career prior to a full time? Um, or was there a time when you said, whoa, I haven't done any acting in a while and I miss it? Um, yeah, I would say I didn't get back into acting until about four years ago. It was something that I completely put aside. And I'm a pretty creative person. And I just felt like there was this massive void that I was ignoring and not listening to. So I started with improv classes probably about five, six years ago, and then transitioned into acting classes. And it completely changed really the way I saw the world again. Um, you can probably relate. It's just so much, I guess, on the straight and narrow. And for me, I've always been very shy. And so I didn't think that I could be such a shy person and be an actor. But what I learned from classes was being shy is really just a focus on looking in and in acting and in life, how you overcome shyness is less emphasis on me is more on listening and you're feeding mm. off somebody else. So, once that kind of opened up for me, I felt like I saw the world differently and the way I approached situations was different. So even when I wasn't acting, I was still working. I felt like taking classes was improving all aspects of my life. And mm -hmm. it just felt so good. It's like, a you know, <laughs> you just have to keep chasing that feeling. Yeah. Did that feeling come from when you were a kid performing? Like, was that kind of reignited, re-sparked? Yeah, I think so. And yeah. I was thinking about this because I was reading your questions in advance. And <laughs> I was like, well, what was it really the feeling that like drew me initially? And I remember as a kid, 
being on stage and having the lights and my shyness, all that was like out the window. And I just remember feeling like there's no better feeling in the world than how I'm feeling right now. And that's the same kind of spark I get from performing. Um, is just this kind of like, what would I be doing anything else? Like I would run. <laughs> no, I'm okay with scrubbing toilets on the side. If I can do this full time. Right. You can seek the high that comes from performing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Who got you into performing when you were a kid? Did your parents start you into that? Or was it something that you kind of said that, you know, there are some kids who are like, mom, dad, I want to, or, you know, guardian, I want to be this person. <laughs> I want to be on stage. Like, how did that all get started? Well, I, from a very young age, I just remember I always wanted to be an actress. And cool. My name is actually Catherine Cornell, and there's a stage actor named Catherine Cornell, and and I was like, oh, I'm just like her. I'm going to be just like her. And I have two sisters, so we always were just putting on shows. My parents always had a big Super Bowl party. It was on us to be the halftime show. So (laughs) I think from always playing with my sisters and um, putting on performances was where I felt the most comfortable and where I had the most fun. Um, but my, my parents were very encouraging of that also from a young age. My dad always had the big camcorder on his shoulder and I loved that. I was always ham and I watch like child videos now and I'm like, I'm so all about the camera. <laughs> I'm just trying to find it. But <laughs> Where did, so then there, you were mentioning kind of a shift to, oh, I need to do a practical job. Mm-hmm. And like performing artist is not a practical job. Where did that shift come from? Do you think, was it parental pressure, society pressure, or just like, I mean, we, I have heard this a lot from a lot of people and I felt the same pressure too. Mm-hmm. And I was like, where did that pressure come from? Mm-hmm. I think it was a whole myriad of places for me, but how about for you? Like, where did that who told you you needed a practical job? I, this is a really good question. And this is something I talk about in therapy as well. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> yeah. I know every actor needs a therapist. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And thank goodness. Like when I had a corporate job that I had benefits, I could pay for all this, but yep. digging deep, I think it was kind of the pressure I put on myself is we have these expectations mm-hmm. and, I really wanted to be financially independent and I just, I don't know if I had the self-confidence to pursue acting. Mm. And even now I really still struggle with it. Um, but I'm, I'm happy that I'm doing it and pursuing something that's always been a goal for me. It probably is a bit of society and a bit of, the whole mix. I don't really know why I ignored this itch for so long, but mm. now it's blowing up in my face and <laughs> I have no choice but to scratch it. <laughs> when you wanted to make the change from kind of part-time acting into now full-time acting, kind of quitting that corporate job, was there something that triggered, you did mention like, oh shoot, like if I'm going to get a call back the next mm-hmm. day, my, my current job doesn't it's difficult to schedule around that. Was that the reason 
for the switch? Or was there something that you said in your mind, okay, now I'm ready to be a full-time actor? Um, well, there was a transition period uh, during the pandemic where I was probably not the best employee you could have hired. I was doing background jobs while on the clock, bringing my laptop, logging in. And if I didn't have any meetings scheduled, the flexibility of my work allowed for it. And I was sort of getting away with that for a while. And, but I knew that I couldn't do both things well. And I felt like it was affecting my self-confidence by having the sales job that I wasn't fully executing in and it wasn't committed to. And then, uh, I had a new boss and he was super gung ho, so keen. And I felt like I couldn't fake it anymore. Like my heart wasn't in it. The, the, probably the turning point was when I started working with an agent and then there was the accountability because it was easy for me when I was finding auditions online and picking up background jobs here and there. I was more in control of my own schedule, but once that was off the table and it was becoming more of a serious thing, it was really tough to balance it. And I knew it was a ticking time bomb with a corporate job. Mm. So there wasn't really any defining moment. It just was, I knew when it felt right, it would feel right. And one day I just was like, okay, this is it. Here's my two weeks and I'll see what happens. Oh my God. How are you feeling about that? Is it terrifying? Oh, it is. It is so terrifying. <laughs> Some God, days it's God. amazing. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm so glad I did this. But then other days, like the stresses in life are a little bit different now. Before I was mm. stressed because I didn't feel like I was living up to my potential and I was creatively not fulfilled. And now it's different because I do have the time and sometimes I'm also not motivated and not fulfilled. Like not every day do I wake up and want to practice acting. I, I think making this transition, there was a lot of other things that I had to figure out. I have to figure out how to still pay the bills and um, what my day to day is going to look like. So I think also giving myself the break, you don't always have to be working at acting to be learning and art. What is it? Life imitates art. Art imitates life. <laughs> so if I'm focusing on the life for a little bit, then I'm sure it's all going to work out in some way. There's going to be a character I can mm -hmm. find and the experiences I'm getting. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, I'm a pretty resourceful person, so I'm happy I'm doing this, and I don't have to be on boring Zoom meetings all day, so. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything that you've noticed you've been able to bring in from your life doing boring Zoom meetings into acting now that's benefited you? For sure. I think, well, auditioning, yes. I mean there's a lot of rejection, like I said, and the feedback loop yeah. isn't there. So yeah. you're auditioning and you're putting yourself out there constantly. Whereas in sales, I can be like, well, why didn't I get the business? What did the competition have that I don't have? And you don't have that with art. You're just constantly putting yourself out there and hoping for the best. Mm -hmm. um, 
But I think I learned a lot about people. I learned a lot about uh, what makes people tick. And maybe it's also right now we're in an environment where there isn't going into the room. So I'm not sure if that would benefit me or if I'm now coming into an even playing field because I only know the Zoom environment. But you have to engage with the your agents, the casting directors, everybody. So I think just having some business sense and seeing like this is a business, there's that aspect to it too and you can't ignore that. That probably helps in some way or at least will help me, I hope. <laughs> it's having some Yeah, I I totally think it does because I think like you were mentioning the whole and there's something that triggered in my mind when you were saying about, you know, an artist needing to suffer kind of that like starving <laughs> artist mentality, which I think is just silly. Like it shouldn't be a thing, right? You don't have to, I don't know. Sure. Maybe some people have to suffer in order to produce art, but like in the end, like exactly what you're saying, sorry, this is a business. Mm-hmm. You are a business. You are a entrepreneur, self-employed and the product is yourself. And the, Honestly, I think the sooner people realize that, and yeah, the the better. I think mm-hmm. that takes a lot of pressure off yourself. Um, at least I know it did for me. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, I am the product, which is scary in and of itself, of course. Mm-hmm. But if I look at myself as a business and everything that I'm doing to like fulfill the acting creative part is benefiting my business, that's just I don't know. It just it just makes me feel like I have a bit more control, maybe yeah. over it. Yeah, in an industry where there's zero control. (laughs) And I find the people who do the second act, right, who've come from this from a different playing field, I kind of think have a bit of advantage over that, you know, because you've usually been through something where you've had to be a bit more of a quote unquote business, regardless of what your business was. Mm -hmm. It's true. Mm -hmm. I mean, getting over the whole like, what the heck am I doing? I'm... (laughs) I I don't know if I could say my age. I feel like it always has to be a range. I'm between Ah. 27 and 37. (laughs) Ah, ah. Um, Right smack dab in the middle of it. But the, like, what am I doing? And trying to pursue this artistic career at this age. And that's Mm -hmm. so wrong. Like any other career, I saw my sister just did this too. She quit her corporate job. And now she's a dog groomer and she's just so much happier. She's around dogs all day. And I was so inspired by that. She took a risk. She took some investment in herself and she believed in herself um, at the end of the day. So Mm -hmm. I think having faith in the product, we know we're good and kind of maintaining that and, it's, it's, it's just really tricky. <laughs> I'm someone who's always been so introverted. I don't post a lot on social media and it's all kind of new to me and I'm kind of learning as mm-hmm. I go, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and I think I know I struggle with, I hate the word self-promotion because it sounds braggy. Mm-hmm. And then that's what I struggle with <laughs> is that all of this sounds braggy because it's, me as the product, right? Yeah. And I, I've said this countless times in other episodes about it's so much easier if you were like a carpet maker 
And you were like, here is the carpet that I wove. Look at it. Isn't it beautiful? And you're promoting that. Mm -hmm. And if people like it, wonderful. If people don't like it, fine. They didn't like the carpet. They still like you as a human being. But for but when the product is yourself and you're trying to promote you self as an actor, and if they like you, yay. If they don't like you, <gasps> gut punch. Mm-hmm. Right. It is rough. No one teaches you how to do this. No. It's so hard. It is. There's like an extreme vulnerability that like mm-hmm. I don't know. I signed up for, I guess. We must yep. we must enjoy getting punched in the gut over and over again. But it's not easy. No. And I think for me personally, I wonder if you're the same. Um, We're of a similar vintage. I think I might be a bit higher of a vintage than you are, but uh, my age range is a bit higher. (laughs) But there is no way, and I know myself, and I know myself when I was coming out of high school, and I was a pretty creative person, there's no way I would have been able to handle the amount of rejection that comes with acting when I was in my early 20s and probably up until couple years ago, and now I'm in my late 30s. There's no way. And I just know myself. That's just not, Mm. I was not a confident human being. I think Mm. I would have dropped out of this business decades ago. But now I'm at the point where I feel more confident in myself. Thank you, therapy. Um, (laughs) More confident with myself because I'm older and I've kind of experienced things, gone through medical school and medical training and stuff like that, where it's, you know, this is who I am. Yep, I'm this age. No, I'm not going to change my bangs. You know, like I'm not going to do too, like I'm comfortable with myself. Mm-hmm. I like how I sound. If you don't like it, casting directors, headshot photographers, whoever, okay, mm-hmm. next, right? But I think that confidence also comes from the fact that I'm not relying on success in booking this job to pay the bills. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So confidence comes from a whole bunch of different areas. One of them being financial. Mm-hmm. Guilty. For yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. I completely can relate to that. I think about that too. Yeah. If I was 22 years old, sure, maybe I'd have a few less grays. And I don't know. I'd be in a different range. I'd be auditioning yep. for the high school bitch or whatever it would be. Yeah, or like the CW shows. Yeah, yeah sure. Exactly. <laughs> But I don't think I would have had the self-confidence to make it through a week mm-hmm. of this, let alone oh God, I know. where we are at now, right now. And it's been an interesting transition because I actually feel like when I was working in a corporate job and it didn't mean as much, it was easier. I didn't have mm-hmm. to fully invest. And I was like, okay, well, I've got this safety net. I've got my steady paycheck. And this is just my creative outlet. It's not my career. But then quitting and being in that state where now it's all on the table and I have to fully own that I'm an actor and I'm pursuing this full time, it's actually been a tough transition because putting the financial pressure on acting, I have to say, has taken away a bit of the joy right now. Mm. And I have to find a middle ground where I feel like safe. And I can pursue this, but also feel comfortable paying the bills and not putting that kind of pressure on it because I don't want to do this to be, I mean, ideally we would all be actors and be 
doing well financially, but it's maybe not the reality and it'll take a long time to get there. And I don't want to put that kind of pressure on the art that I love. So mm. it's a real, it's a real juggling and I'm kind of figuring out the balance right now. So. Yeah. And I don't, yeah, I don't know if there's a great, I think the answers are so variable for everyone mm -hmm. because, you know, we hear both sides, of course. We're thrown advice left, right, and center. And who knows what is the right answer, right? I've been told you need to quit everything and solely focus on acting. Because yeah. if you're not just solely focused on acting, then um, you're not going to be successful. I've been told you need to have a side hustle, <laughs> being a doctor in my world, um, <laughs> because you need to have the, the money. Mm -hmm. But then also I got told recently, and this makes complete sense as well, as soon as you start putting monetary value on your art, it becomes not joyful anymore. It's kind of like, I love to bake, mm -hmm. but if I became a professional baker and now wanted money for my baking, it wouldn't be so joyful anymore. Mm -hmm. Oh, like where, I don't know what the right answer is. Yeah. I don't think there is one for me yet that I found. I think that's, you know, like you were saying, it's a juggling act that needs to be found over time. Mm-hmm. This is a business. You need to make money. This is how the world works. Mm -hmm. But there also needs to be some, some joy in this. Yeah. Absolutely. It's tough. <laughs> I don't know what the answer uh, is. <laughs> I mean, and you're a doctor. I was doing my boring Zoom meetings. You're an essential service hero. Uh, <laughs> and it's been a pandemic. Yeah. So, I mean, that's I a know. lot. Yeah. Yeah, it has been a lot. It's been, Yeah. It's been a lot, but I think for me, at least during this pandemic, the acting was the creative outlet, mm -hmm. but now I'm slowly realizing that creative outlet is something I want to do more of. Mm -hmm. So how, how do I juggle this now? Like you were saying, now I've got this great agent, right? We have the same agent, right? Yeah. There's, there's more people. It's yeah. not just me anymore. Yeah. Right. There's accountability mm -hmm. and you know, I want to make her proud and yeah so it's not yeah you're right it's, it's not just me there's others involved here yeah right? so a little little bit more pressure mm -hmm. there's more pressure <laughs> and it's maybe more like okay well I can't just for me I don't know keep pretending or something like it's it's probably good for somebody in your life like there was for me being like you are an actor you're pursuing this like are you going to do it full on or not mm-hmm but mm -hmm. there's really no, I don't know. You have to find a middle ground. We all have to pay the bills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think at the end of the day, that search for the middle ground could be the rest of our lives. Right. Mm -hmm. And who cares if it is right. Yeah, the exactly. days march on and we hopefully enjoy them. Mm -hmm. You know, if that is, I don't, I kind of hope we never find that balancing act because Maybe that's kind of the fun of it all is trying to figure out how best to do this. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, do you good have for any us. neat this is hard. This is not easy. I know, right? <laughs> Absolutely. It's not easy. No. But then I always like to have to check myself because it's I have immense privilege being in this position as well, too, right? Being able to do this juggling act between these wonderful careers that I have. Um, so I have to check myself there. But then I also check myself, be like, no, but also this is very hard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> give yourself some, give yourself some grace and give yourself some credit because this is hard too. Mm -hmm. 
Is there anything that you've, any fun or like favorite experiences that you've had in your acting career so far? Memorable moments on set, in classroom, or anything like that? Well, I guess the most fun I've had on sets is I started picking up background jobs. And I know when you're pursuing mm-hmm. principal, you're not supposed to do background anymore. And oh, I'm, whatever. Okay, is that a bit of a whatever? <laughs> because I yep. love background. I love it. It is so fun. I had mm-hmm. never experienced anything like that. Like, my first background job was on The Boys. And I was, like, you know, at the time, it was, like, full PPE. So I was wearing, like, the mask and the thing. And I saw Homelander. And I'm like, I'm going to faint. <laughs> This is, I was so starstruck and you learn the lingo and people are like, Oh, you know, background, whatever. Like you're just shuffled around. You're kind of a whatever. But I, I felt like I learned so much. You're, if you're paying attention, you could be learning so much. You're watching what the actor does. You're watching them do take after take. There's so much that you can be picking up. Um, and I remember when I was working at my last role before I got into any acting and I thought my benchmark, if I feel like I've really made it, it would be doing background on Star Trek. If I'm one of those people walking around in the spacesuit, like I have made it. So it also helps having the bar like pretty low in a way um, because that was like my barometer of success. And so I got a background job on it. This is maybe where we have to edit things out because I don't know if I'm allowed to say all this. But it was Star Trek. And it was so exciting. They, um, it was all a new build. So they're building the costumes from scratch. So it was like completely custom to me. I was a guard. And then there was one day where I got called in and I was like, oh, this is exciting. I thought all our scenes were done. And another girl that I knew from background was working and I was like, okay, I'll give you a ride. But it wasn't really lining up. I'm like, I think we're different aliens. Like, I don't know why we're on the same. Like, this isn't really making sense plot wise, but I don't care. I took the day off work. I showed up and I was like, this isn't really lining up. Like my planet doesn't look anything like this. This is like dustier and you guys are wearing completely different costumes And it turns out it had been an accident on the call sheet. Like, I was not supposed to be there. They had called me in. And they were like, okay, well, you know, you're here. So if you want to hang around, feel free. We definitely don't need you. I have no clue why you're here. So I just, I was like, okay, I took the day off work. I'm driving her. I'm so happy to be here. And I just watched the action. I talked to every single crew person that would give me the time of day. I felt like I absorbed all the information and Spock was also there on set that day. And the costume lady was like, okay, I think Spock's arriving around this time. If you want to float back. So I just was on a full stock Spock mission (laughs) and he was so cute. I couldn't even, I was like starstruck beyond belief. I'm going to have to get used to that. I guess about being around (laughs) professional actors. But I had the best time just roaming around, no responsibilities, and really absorbing everything that was around me. Mm -hmm. I truly think background is extremely helpful for people starting out in this business. I think it probably is the best thing for people to do. Mm -hmm. Because, like you said, you see what it's like to be on a film set. 
which if you've never been on a film set before, people, I think, have these idealistic notions of what it's going to be like Mm -hmm. and can be a bit of a shock if you get there for the first time and realize it's not, like how much waiting around there is. And yeah, yeah, I think I've... I loved doing background when I did it. I haven't done it very much because gas is too expensive to drive down to Toronto right now. Yeah. Um, but but I I think you're getting, like you're saying, you get a master class in mm-hmm. not only acting, but in every other role that's involved in producing something like this and bringing entertainment to life. Totally. Yeah, I think it's great. I was Absolutely. blown away. I was like, I cannot believe how much goes into a shot. And then watching film and tv after i was like wow okay now i see what they're doing and then they shot it from the other side and they had to turn it around and it's a completely different it's very eye-opening experience mm-hmm. absolutely do you have any advice for anyone looking to transition from the job they're in now into acting like you did <laughs> oh advice it's hard to say because i feel like i'm just <laughs> figuring it out as i go i think it's really where I struggle but what is most necessary is having faith in yourself like there's a reason that you're making this decision you have the drive in you you want to perform you love this do it there's nobody saying that you can't besides yourself and Mm -hmm. that's what I had to realize was the only person that was getting in my way was me and my own limiting beliefs and second guessing all that we'll, we'll figure it out. (laughs) And that's how I feel about it right now. It's like, I'm finding the balance between work and the art and where I can find my sweet spot in between. But you're never going to know until you try. So what's the harm in trying? It's so much better to put yourself out there and fail than it is to just wonder what if. So fall flat on your face. It's going to happen over and over again, but just do it. You only have one life. Give it a shot. Love it. You mentioned how supportive your parents were when you were younger. (laughs) What would your parents or loved ones or guardians, how do you think they would describe what you do for a living now? Okay. I mean, I wouldn't say it's the most supportive. My mom the other day described me as being unemployed. And I was like, that's not true. I work at a restaurant. And she's like, okay, never mind. Quasi unemployed. (laughs) Like, I think that's worse. But my mom, like you had a line in a Hallmark movie, right? Two lines. Two lines in a Hallmark classic. A Christmas letter filmed in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. Mm -hmm. Yep. My mom's from the Sioux. I think that if I got a line in a Hallmark movie, that would just, that would be the peak. She would be so proud of me. <laughs> she can go talk to the Nancys and whoever she watches her Hallmark movies with that kiddos in a real movie. Um, so, I mean, uh, I think people have faith in me and it's also how I re- represent myself. I represent myself as maybe being quasi unemployed and I'm self-deprecating, so I have to be more conscientious of the way that I represent myself. And mm. I'm an actor, and I'm pursuing acting. And I would say the most most of the time, people really are supportive because um, we all want to be brave. 
And, and for me, it took a lot for me to be brave. There's a lot that goes into that process. So when I see other people taking leaps and bounds, I'm, I'm so proud of them and I'm so excited for them. So I think I have to give myself some grace and <laughs> start identifying as an actor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anything you're looking forward to this year? Um, well, I'm really hoping to get on some sets soon. <laughs> I just want to get back. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> We're getting into busy season, allegedly. So I'm told. Yeah. yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> I don't want to be just behind the screen and, you know, doing the Zoom. I want to be working. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also looking forward to it being nice outside and playing golf. <laughs> Just having some fun. Yeah. Having nice. a maybe normal experience and yeah. the pandemic might be lifting a little, so they say. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we're getting there. Any final words of wisdom? That puts so much pressure on people. I shouldn't do that. <laughs> That's so cruel. Like, why are you asking me this? I don't know. <laughs> I want you to give me some words of wisdom. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't really, I go, here we are. I, like there's pressure now put on myself. Oh my gosh. What would be your know. words of wisdom? You know what? Very similar to what you just said. Like you never know unless you try it. Mm-hmm. And especially for second act actors, we, for the most part have other <laughs> skills. Not that regular actors don't have other skills. Of course they do. But like, if all else fails with the acting career, you have something else to do. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the biggest worry? Is it financial insecurity? Because for me, that was a big secu- a big worry. But, okay, if you don't succeed at the acting thing monetarily, go either back to medicine or go work at Starbucks. Yeah. Like, you're gonna... We, you have skills. You're a functioning human being. And we're lucky to be that. Mm-hmm. So, like you were saying, you only have one life. Get out there and and do it and just enjoy it. And I think the biggest thing as well for me is I am the type of person that I'm realizing I put everything kind of on a ladder of like, okay, next step, when I get to this level, it'll be great. But then when you get to that level, there's the next level up. I'm like, okay, well, now there's the next level. When when I get to that level, like right now, I'm like, when I get full Actra, I've got one more credit left. When I'm full Actra, everything will be awesome. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing I'm learning is that takes you out of the present moment. And the best thing to be is completely present in the present moment and enjoy where you are and where you're, what you're doing right now. Yeah. And, um, that was a big eye opening for me because I was on, I was on Star Trek, which was a goal show for me as well too. In <laughs> background. And I remember so sitting fun. there being like, you, right. You need to enjoy this moment. Stop thinking about other things. This is where you've wanted to be. Just mm-hmm. sit here and be in this, be present. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like we all want to be Spock or Rebecca Romaine. I don't know what her role is. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet. I'm yeah. so excited, but mm-hmm just giving ourselves some pat on the back and it doesn't have to be linear. I'm the same kind yeah. of logical mindset and maybe having a corporate background, it's like you work your way up and then you kind of, there's always the next yeah. step, mm-hmm. but we're in charge of our own destinies here. 
there's nobody else that can tell you how this is going to look and how it's going to turn out. We don't know. And I think as a logical brain person, it's sometimes you have to throw that to the wayside and just let the process be the process because that is the process is the progress and enjoying it. At the end of the day, we're having fun. We're putting on costumes. Someone's doing our makeup, telling us we look pretty. I mean, it's fun. So just enjoying in all the little moments, I think would probably be my best advice. And you're in control of your own destiny. So if success for you is getting a background job on Star Trek, that's great. And that's success. And you should still be proud of that. You don't have to be a lead in a Marvel to feel like you've really made it. But we're going to be laughing one day when we're on Marvel and we're like, ha, 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 remember when we talked on second act actors? (laughs) Remember back in the day. day. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And thank you, Cato, for being my guest this week. Thank you so much for sharing your story and your words of inspiration. I truly, truly appreciate it. I hope you will all tune in next week for another episode of Second Act Actors. Bye. Second Act Actors is produced and edited by me, Janet McMorty. Theme music by Guillaume. Additional sound editing by David Studio. Additional video editing by Jackie Wadewer. Show notes written by Sarah Hopkinson. I record using Riverside FM. If you're interested in developing an interview-based webcast like mine, I highly recommend this platform. Shoot me an email and I'll direct you to the wonderful folks there. If you or someone you know is interested in being a guest, email me at secondactactors at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. My love language is words of affirmation, so compliments, constructive criticism, and feedback are always welcome and encouraged. Negative Nancys, Judgy McJudgersons, or Debbie Downers, unless you're Rachel Dratch, regarding me or my guests are not welcome. It takes serious courage to share your story with the world, so if you're tempted to negatively comment about someone else's story, please ask your therapist why you're such a garbage person. Save the drama for the stage. On that happy note, I hope you'll tune in next week for another episode of Second Act Actors. Bye! Bye!